0: Yes, I mean, it's very different, isn't it? Because Mm. we've got a government that's been in power for over 10 years. And it's quite interesting. And This is probably kind of reveals a little bit of my own politics, though Mm. I'm relatively apolitical. Is that the right word? But you're Mm. not really partisan to one party. Within the railway industry are known as boundary stations, where one franchise Mm. finishes another one and starts. You can, get, you can split your ticket down over those boundary stations and, get, and, and save money, but that's not universally known. And you shouldn't have to do that. You should be able to travel long distance without having to...
1: Just get a damn ticket.
0: Yeah, you should be able to, the walk-up fee should be a reasonable amount of money. It's a really good way of... of, of I think it's an, an action for you, if you're thinking about going by train anywhere,
1: have a look out for these rail cards and see if they actually, they're actually pertinent to you. Explore with us and delve into and examine the big challenges we all face on the People's Countryside Environmental Debate podcast and today's question is from a a listener who sent in a question before from Oxford in England Um, and she basically infers that we've gone back to the 1970s. Let's see if we have. Anyway, I'm Stuart the Wildman Mabbit, I'm one of the co-hosts of this charade. And I, I, My job is basically making nature part of people's daily life in the hope that they will want to protect it. Who's the co-host? Uh, my name's William Manclough.
0: The one thing you didn't mention in there, the 1970s. Both of your hosts were born in the 1970s. A very different end of the 1970s, I hasten to add, but yeah. we definitely were born in the same decade. Yeah, well, I remember still. the 70s. I don't know if you do. Um, no, no, I was I was two when mm. it turned into the 1980s. Mm. So anyway, yes, I'm William Manclough. Thanks very much for being with us. This podcast, we discuss your questions that you send in to us. We've got, how many questions have we got now, Stuart? Do you think? What, lined up still to go? Still, lined up still to uh, go. It's um, over 60. It's got 66. 66. Um, not a bad number. Unless... And it'll take us up to about July, I think. <laughs> yeah, July 2025. Um, yes, I'm a photographer. I do a live show every week. Come and check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. Uh, shot at an angle.
1: We're now well into 2023. What's your challenge so far this year? My challenge is to keep on going with the podcast, in particular. I do it
0: I've got two podcasts on the go. The first, the first season of Have You Ever Considered was released last year, in last November. That's nice. That's tickling on long quite nicely. Who, who
1: did you work on that with? That
0: was with a guy called Tommy Serafinski, who does his own podcast called Tommy's Outdoors. Um, we'll put a link for both of those in the description for have you ever considered, and also, and also, Tommy's Outdoors. See, every time, every time I say mention a link, you, if you listen really carefully, you can literally hear Stuart's eyes roll. You can hear yeah. the, the, the eyes go over because he, he, he likes to make a note of these things so we don't forget them. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's my challenge for this year is just is just to keep on going and and because. Being creative and doing creative things you can easily get bogged down in the minutiae of a day to day or is this podcast doing well or is this should I really be pursuing this creative uh, endeavor um you've just got to get on with it you know if it's something that means something to you move on with it move move on yeah get 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 it moving yeah we've we've given tommy a link so he's got some He's getting some free publicity on this, this podcast, but we do we do want to do a promo swap with him at some point, so we get a really good idea of an understanding of what his podcast is,
1: and his listeners get an understanding of what of our podcast is hmm. as well. So that will hopefully happen sometime so, this year. The People's Countryside Environmental Debate Podcast has evolved into not necessarily talking just about the countryside, and you'll have to excuse me because my voice ain't what it should be. I don't have the uh, vocal range I should have. I'm normal. I'm not, I'm like the Pavarotti of the podcasting world, but I'm More like Mickey Mouse today, anyway. Um, this this
0: podcast, hold on, hold on, Mickey Mouse would have a high voice. What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah,
1: I don't know. My, my brain's more like goofy, I think. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we, we don't, uh, it says on the tin, we don't, we de- environmental debate. we actually often we don't debate, we just have conversations between us. Cold, we, we look at the questions as we as we press record but we do try and normalise the big issues by talking about them in an open, open way and without um, necessarily scripts but authentic views uh, what we hope is that all, we all realise that we're the custodian of the little piece of countryside or environment that's on our doorstep and we're part of it we're not separate to it man is part of it and we're just like you, we're not experts, we're just uh, trying, floundering our way through life, recording a podcast and just sharing our experience and hope that it gets, uh, gets you thinking. So who's the question from, William? Uh, it's from Vera in New Hinksey. Um, Oxford, England? Oxford, yeah, New Hinksey, is called New Hinksey because there's actually an old Hinksey, isn't there? Hinksey Village. Oh, well that's North, mm. there's South Hinksey and North Hinksey Village, is- I don't know if there's an old Hinksey. No, as in like it's that's, but that is the old Hinksy. Oh, that's the original. That's the yeah. original
0: Hinksy. So they're two villages, aren't they? North yeah. and south. Are they, are they not really. They're not attached at all, are they? No, not even close. About and, four miles of ring road between them. And they're tiny things as well. In fact, a, a recent question we had was uh, from uh, Ken Kenny and, um If you go back to the pre- previous episode, Kenny and Little Whittenham had asked us asked us about um, what we thought the best parts of what the Oxfordshire Oxford county are. I think both those villages are lovely, aren't they?
1: Very small and idyllic. Yeah, they're part of Oxford, but yeah, they still have their own village. So, what's uh, uh, Vera's question? Yes, uh, no, no, no,
0: there's no problem with this. there's also no problem with New Hinksey. My my grandfather grew up in New Hinksey. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a thing for you. Yeah, yeah so hey, Vera's question. So this is Vera from New Hinksey, Oxford, England. William will get to the point. I won't, because I like to waffle, you know yeah. me. I like, I, like, I like to waffle, and I do like waffles as Crack well. Crack on, because I'm losing my will to live. Well, I'm your will to live. Mm. Um, f- so Vera's uh, question starts. Uh, Feels like the 1970s all over again, with high inflation and strikes. What are your thoughts on recent rail strikes? The government says the industry needs modernising, yet rail workers seem to say that it's a euphemism, really meaning costs need to be cut in the face of another recession. And the best way to do that is to cut costs. Is cutting costs really modernisation? Tourists are saying they are being screwed over by having transport reduced, but isn't that just part of being a backpacker or a tourist? There's two questions there, isn't yeah. there? So there's one which is basically saying, asking about the strikes and one particularly about tourists uh, being screwed over.
1: There, the, there is a very distinct difference from the um, 70s to now, but I can see what, why you can draw some parallels, you have to remember, when I was born in 71, and I know uh, it wasn't necessarily in my thinking, but that wasn't that long after the Second World War. No, it wasn't, was it? I mean, not at all. I mean, people
0: would have been in their early,
1: uh, would have been in their 20s, would have remembered it. Yeah. So, what you have to remember, you had the the recessions after the war, then you had the the 50s, which were people picking up, rock and roll starting, and, and then you had uh, independence came with cars, and and in the 60s you had uh, drugs and various other other fun things that went on, and and, and then I think the 1970s had, had to happen because through all that I don't think there was any stability built, so the the, the backside fell out of the British economy and uh, problems all over the world, but but I think the what led up to this uh period is a very different set of circumstances. But I think the emotions people are showing are the same.
0: Yes, I mean it's very different, isn't it? Because mm. we've got a government that's been in power for over ten years and it's quite interesting and this is probably kind of reveals a little bit of my own politics, though mm. I've I'm relatively apolitical, is that the right word? Well you're mm. not really partisan to one party. Yep. But it you know, they're basically saying, Oh, you know, the last, you know, we need to we need to make amends for the for the past. And it's like well you're making amends for your own past, you know, mm. you're making amends for your you're trying to fix what you've created yourself, right? Mm. Um, but it's interesting how they're sort of like the government are trying to I think they're trying to use I, uh, use modernizing. I think it is a euphemism mm. for cutting costs. Mm. Um, Which always means labor and wages means labor and wages and, and that means also cutting co- cutting uh, services as well mm. because really Things like the railways are sort of like the... I've often thought of the lifeblood of, of the country in, in some degree. So I think it really
1: is... I think it is a way of cutting costs. So to m- move on to what Vera was talking about, specifically about the railways, what are your thoughts on the recent rail strokes? The government says the industry needs modernising, yet rail workers seem to say... You know, that's a euphemism. Really meaning costs need to be cut um, in the face of another recession... As far yeah. as I understand it from Mick Lynch, who is the leader of the RMT,
0: one of the mm. big unions, and from my own knowledge of the railway system, there has been a lot of modernising anyway. Mm. There's a heck of a lot of modernising that's mm. been going on across, right across the network. I mean, mm. we've just had, back in November, um, the full implementation of the Elizabeth Line, or what was, what was originally called the Crossrail Project, mm. where you can get a train literally from Reading to Shenfield now. Mm. Um, which is an amazing feat of engineering and amazing feat of modernisation. Shenfield? Yes. Is that that
1: Reading? No,
0: Shenfield is right out in Essex. Oh, Essex, right. Yes. Um, Shenfield is... Yes, you can go right through town, go right right through London. So there are modernisation.
1: There's modernisation going all the way across the network. But that's one form of modernisation. The government is saying it needs modernising to cut costs, whereas... That form of modernisation it could actually m- mean more costs, but it just makes mm. things more fit for purpose. I don't, I don't, I don't think you have to cut costs to modernise. But, what no. what uh, Vera's saying here is, um, is cutting costs really modernisation? I, I think it is, as long as it's authentic. And by that I mean, if you're just trying to, regardless of quality of service, you're just trying to cut costs to make ends meet then th- that always means laying off staff but mm. I don't think public transport the end should meet I think it should be if need be it should be subsidised by the government because it has untold benefits elsewhere in the economy
0: in people's lives definitely
1: yeah. but and if, if it really is if you really are modernising through cutting costs, cutting costs in that area It should be done would be done because you want to redirect that capital somewhere else in the system to make it better. Yes. Whereas what it is, is they're just trying to take costs out of the system, regardless of making it better. Now, and if that was really what was going on, you would find that there would be support put in place for the people being laid off.
0: Yes. Or or being screwed over. I mean, we're not entirely sure whether that's there or not. That's the thing. But mm. it doesn't it would appear from what I've heard, there's mm. no, that's not happening at all. Doesn't appear to be. No, and, it, and it's the actual strikes are really mostly mm. based on on pay, mm. not not reflecting, in any way, shape or form, reflecting um, inflation. Mm. So people that are already on a, we're not talking about train drivers here because I think people <clears throat> automatically jump to train drivers who get mm. a decent wage. I think they can get upwards of 40 grand a year, mm. if not more, depending on the sort of driver you are. But that's a very, very, that's a very skilled job. Mm. You might not think it is, but it's an extraordinarily skilled job. But the, it's, the, it's more the people who do the runaround work, you know, the mm. cleaning work in particular. Um, I, for me, I think it is a bit of a euphemism to actually, almost make, basically remove the human element from... Because I think the human element is the biggest cost, mm. in a way. But that's not necessarily modernising, the human no, element. But that's what it's that's what it assumed is, is modernising, because you're making, the, you're making the trains more mm. automatic, for example, mm. so you need less staff. But in, in a way, you should not reduce the staff, because staff are very extraordinarily useful in, in lots of different circumstances. Face-to-face face situations. And, and, and if you've got a guard walking up and down a train, for example it makes people who feel vulnerable even more, more secure because they feel they've got they've got some representation
1: yeah and so that, modernizing yeah. It, it, if you you know in times in the future we, we modernizing might be interpreted as being having more staff mm-hmm. and more face fronting uh people so you get a human feel so modern i think absolutely uh drilling into that i think Cutting costs under the guise of uh, uh, modernisation is a euphemism for just, uh, you know, just getting rid of people. You know, it's not mm. it's not modernising. It's reducing the human cost because I think
0: yeah. the ongoing costs on the railways, ongoing cost in general, is um, the biggest ongoing cost is is is, is staff, mm. is people. But I think
1: people, the, whole, the whole industry is not sustainable because of the way it, origi- how it originated, lots and lots of different companies, mm. lots and lots of different lines. There was no strategy. Yes. And now, now we're sort of lumbered with that. Yes. And it, so well, it, we've it, gone back
0: to that system yeah. because we went from, during the Second World War, we went, interna- went into national hands and mm. stayed in national hands. so It was nationalised mm. post-Second World War. Then it went back into the privatised ha- privatized, privatized hands in the late 90s and i don't think it's i don't think it's a great i don't think it's a good model at all but it moves on to the second part of this 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 question from vera which is interesting tourists are saying they are being screwed over by having transport reduced but isn't that just part of being a backpacker or a
1: tourist well i've never been a traveler i've never been a backpacker i've never been a tourist but Hmm. If you're really going for the true backpacker experience, you, you, you're looking for the challenges that are there, surely.
0: Yes, but that's the a bit. Yeah, but that's that's a very niche thing there. Um, the problem with with we've had with privatisation is the ticketing system in the UK has become extraordinarily fraught and mm. extraordinarily complicated. So there are what an un- Within the railway industry are known as boundary stations where uh, one franchise start fin- mm-hmm. finishes another one and starts you can get you can split your ticket down over those boundary stations and get and and save money but that's not universally known and you shouldn't have to do that. you should be able to travel long distance without having to
1: just get a damn ticket
0: yeah you should be able to the walk up fee should be a reasonable amount of money and uh, and also be not just not just cost wise but also be less. Complicated.
1: So you're saying people who are selling tickets aren't selling you the cheapest one, they're just selling you a ticket. It's up to yes. you to ask for the cheapest one. Yes,
0: you have to, you have to say, uh, I want to go from here to here by, uh, by, by the cheapest means message. If you
1: and I did that in our work, yes, somebody came to you to asked for a photograph being taken and you, you gave them the most expensive option, even though there was a cheaper option, they found out about that, you, you'd have your ass kicked.
0: Well, I'd would, I would lose the customer, yeah. which is even worse.
1: Mm.
0: And then you get a reputation for that as well. Mm. So you can give... A, you, you, it's, it's, it's a very complex system, and I think it does screw over tourists, especially. Well, ba- yeah. Backpackers ne- no, no not necessarily... Well, it's, it's I would also say the it, same. It? It's all part of the same thing. You know, for example, a good example is um, the, the lack of um, awareness of rover tickets in, in the UK. Mm. So a rover allows you, allows you travel over a certain part of the network for a certain amount of time. It goes from really hyper-local, Well, you can get an Oxford Dane range, which allows you to travel within certain stations within Oxfordshire Mm. for a day, up to the all two weeks, all all rover ticket, which basically means you can literally travel whenever you want, pretty much, wherever you want in the entirety of the Mm. network. These these save these these can save you money and also save you time as well without get, without having to get one more ticket.
1: Going back to uh, it's drifting away from various questions slightly. Excuse my voice, but <clears throat> my larynx and 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 playing ball. Um, it, the network, the rail network in this country, at uh, one time was run by the state, nationalised, uh, and it, it, they couldn't make it pay. Even though I don't think it should be. Uh, you know, made to pay. It should be subsidised. Just be more efficient, but subsidised. Mm-hmm. Then it was put out for privatisation. <laughs> you know, thinking on a on a business level, what kind of lunatic business person would want to bid for a franchise of 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 an unsustainable national company a, a, a government owned company, state owned company? How on earth do they think they were going to make turn it into something profitable? Well, they, 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 they can turn it into something
0: profitable. Now, by, this is my yeah. own knowledge, and I hope I'm right with this, that it's, it's costs money to, say, for example, if you've got a particular route, a mm-hmm. particular service, it actually costs money to get rid of that service or that route. Mm-hmm. So some, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of services are subsidised by the government anyway. Very much, right. you know. In fact, that some franchises have gone, have disappeared, and they've actually been able to be taken over by the government. For mm. example, the this, mm-hmm. the the route between Kings Cross and Edinburgh, the the East Coast Main Line was taken over by by government for a short period of time. I think in the end we pay for it anyway. I just don't think it's a great system. I really do think we should have we should go back to the nationalised system.
1: Isn't this uh, just another example of societal collapse? Because we can't manage our infrastructure. We can't manage well, our. I don't think it's can't. I think it's. I think it's an unwillingness to. Don't you think it's too complex? It's like all these potholes in the road. We've got too many roads. We cannot hope to, you know, they all come into the end of their life at the same time. You know, we we've built we've yes, built but that's, we've built, but that's but years of,
0: that's years and years of neglect, though, isn't it? You know, if mm. you go you go to other countries and the railway systems are far 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 better mm. than they are here. They, don't, mm. they have their challenges. I think Germany's having having massive challenges, for example, in their, mm. their, their, their rail network. But in my experience, other countries do their rail their rail networks far far better. Yeah, but
1: wasn't didn't they have a strategy at the very beginning when they set that up? Well, so did the UK. Well, I'm not sure we did when we set the. Uh, well, railway not not company. from the very start. I mean, there were hundreds of uh, railway companies. Then became the big four. I, I, then became nationalised. And then they've been fractured again. I don't. I've know. seen how the Germans work out. They work out mathematically their transport infrastructure, and they work out ebbs and flows and of people and objects and things, and 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 it's just thought about. Whereas we say we need a road to make to make this one quieter, and we just build it. And it's just, there's more, I just think the Germans have got more of a strategy.
0: Yes, and that's the problem because it's not, again, it's not, it's not really, <clears throat> there's no real central thinking going on here, mm. I don't think. Prove me wrong about that. But I think, I think that asking about these two, these, 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 mm. this is, this, these are two very different, thing, different questions, mm. aren't they?
1: Okay, it's an action scientific. for the episode. I, I would say the core of the first part of Vera's question is, um, about. Uh, let me just find out where it is is cutting costs really modernisation or, or is it uh, cutting costs a euphemism for for um, not doing the right thing and not modernising and just getting rid of people to, for short term gain. I think the action should be always question when, so, when somebody or something or somebody or some entity says "We well, you know we're gonna do this because of this question is that, really, is that really what's going on? Because I'm not, I'm not necessarily thinking we're being as clear as we could be on our answer on this, but I do think um, the government says the rail industry needs modernising, yet rail workers say this is a euphemism, uh, mean, really meaning costs need to be cut in the face of another recession, not modernising. I would say the action is question.
0: Yes, um, particularly question the government.
1: A- anything that's making a responsible decision that affects other people
0: and also if you're traveling by train just go and have a look around see if you, see what 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 other options there are mm. you know um my advice my action would be to look for uh your ro- rover tickets if you're going to c- travel over more than one day mm. over a period of time uh, if you're going to do a lot more travel more than just a return journey um keep an eye out for any um good long term um advanced singles that's also very good um look for the different um varying um rail cards there are rail cards are basically enable you pay you pay i think it's 30 pound a year for a rail card and it gives you generally gives you a third off rail Mm. travel in a certain area so most of them a lot of them are national rail cards so there's a young person's rail card 26 to 30 rail card there's the disabled person's rail card if you're eligible there's the senior rail card if you're if you're eligible there's the family rail card there's the network rail card so on these it all goes. Have, there's so many mm. it's a really good way of, of uh, I think that's an, an action for you if you're thinking about going by train anywhere have a look out for these rail cards and see if they actually they are pertinent to you my personal favorite is the two together where you you have to travel with the same person you know so two together that's it kind of says what's on the tin but um my wife and I have had that for about five years and it's enabled us to do a lot more travel ironically it's supposed to save us money but ironically
1: uh, i always say it, it's, it's cost us more money because we've done more travel mm. i knew a travel agent once who used to have a sales pitch saying most accidents happen in the home so travel
0: yes exactly yeah you know maybe that's an action as well to try and travel and also travel more around the country and actually begin to see how these, these systems are are not are not great and mm. i think i think pressure needs to be put on the railway com- rail companies and also maybe government as well
1: to sort of make to simplify mm. the ticketing system here in the UK so if you've got a question you can email us at thepeoplescountryside at gmail.com you can leave a message on Anchor how can people do that if you want to have your, your question in your own voice you can record it on there and we can drop it into an episode anchor.fm forward slash
0: peoples countryside there is a, a way you can actually do that you just record a message um, I would suggest if you wanted to do it do it on your phone um and you can just do it straight through your phone's microphone and your, your voice might be on this podcast you can also bathe in the in the warm glow of keeping this podcast going by by backing us through patreon com forward slash the people's countryside there's material released every week some of it's public uh but also some of it's also behind it. a lot of it's behind the scenes yeah. stuff that you wouldn't necessarily you won't get access to unless
1: you are a patron backer mm. um yes Yeah, go there. And the next episode, Kenny is back. Hopefully my larynx will be back and I'll be able to talk properly. Um, Probably not because... uh, Kenny's question is about parties that happened in Downing Street in London. Now, I haven't got a sore throat because I was at one of those parties, I must point out.